Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and welcome to another episode of A Sound Heart. And uh, tonight we want to give thanks to God for Jesus, uh, his unspeakable gift. And you and I are blessed indeed to know the, the Savior and the meaning of his finished work. The Bible uh, talks at length about the person of Jesus Christ. I mean, he is the central theme of the Old Testament, and he is the central theme of the New Testament. It is he who brings together the Old Covenant and the Old Covenant pointed to him through type, through sacrifice, through different personages. The Old Testament cried out, he is coming, and the New Testament states, he is here. And so in Jeremiah 31, God speaks about the new covenant or the new agreement or contract that he is making. And that new covenant finds its completion and fulfillment in the person of Jesus. Now, the Old Testament, if you will study it carefully, uh, is filled with dynamic events. Uh, that point to the coming of the Savior, beginning uh, in Genesis chapter 3, where we have the first mention of the gospel, the first mention of the good news, is in Genesis 3. So, and from that point on, uh, in salvation history, we will see God Uh, or God's master plan in Christ Jesus uh, unfold. And God will use different individuals, different families, uh, and different different prophets uh, to bring or or to speak his good news. So Jesus is the fulfillment of the... uh, of the the sacrificial system in the wilderness, we see his finished work. Uh, the tabernacle in the wilderness, the uh, sacrifices, uh, the the holidays, all or the, the the days of celebration, or just the different events uh, that God's people uh, practiced through the law of Moses, pointed to Jesus. 
So, oh, and we see the pre-incarnate Christ, who is called the angel of Jehovah in some translations, or the angel of Yahweh. So that those instances are uh, point to the incarnation. Uh, so Jesus is the one who followed. He is the rock uh, that followed the people of God in their wilderness wanderings. It is He. It is He who put Moses into the cleft uh, of the rock so that his glory might pass by him. Uh, Moses wanted to behold the divine essence, and God said that no one, uh, no man can behold my essence and live. And so God said, I will let you see my back, and I will pass by you. And so God passed by Moses and proclaimed his glory. Now, these are wonderful events and wonderful pictures. And Moses needed that in his life because of what God had called him to do. He needed uh, that, that strong fellowship with God uh, so as to carry out the great work that God uh, had called him to do. We serve a great God. And when there are great events that must be done, then God will supply us, will supply the grace for us to complete what he has called us to do. My grace, God said, is sufficient for you. My strength is made complete in weakness. Tonight, I want to speak uh, about the relationship of Jesus to the angels. And so I'm going to uh, be speaking from Hebrews chapter uh, chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. And then we're going to go back to Hebrews 1. So Hebrews 2.1, quote, We must pay more careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away and that, that is a specific danger that the writer to the Hebrews uh, is pointing out about believers. So that we do not drift away. We, so he goes on. For if the message spoken by angels was binding, every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape? If we ignore such a great salvation, and indeed, we do have a great salvation. Once you study the word and the word gets in you and you have a thirst and hunger for the word of God, you will grow uh, in a deeper appreciation and understanding of just what this salvation uh, means. I don't, I don't mean to have a complete or exhaustive knowledge of the word of God. I don't mean that by any means. But you will grow because it is infinite. But you will grow in personal awareness of uh, this great salvation. This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. Wherever you read this word, heard, 
That is a very important word uh, in the New Testament. Or hear, akuo, or shema in the Old Testament, uh, which we transliterate as hear. Hear, O Israel, Deuteronomy 6, 4. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hear. And so it, that's an imperative message. It is a command stated in the imperative. And we have to understand uh, the the poignancy and the significance of of that communicate or communication. So God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the Spirit distributed according to His will. Now, this verse four is very important because this is. This is the education or the educational system that God designed for his people. Now, they were not trained uh, in understanding Egyptian culture, but they knew uh, Egyptian culture. They, they had no formal training uh, because they were slaves, and then God brought them into the promised land, and God provided teaches for his people. God taught his people through, uh, through his priests. But through signs, wonders, and various miracles. Now, I want to emphasize what, uh, what we have here because uh, there, God does not allow his people to have a mere naive understanding of reality. These people did not believe that they were encapsulated of uh, in uh, in a world in which there is no, uh, we use terms like divine intervention. You never read in the Bible words like divine intervention or God entering into the world uh, from another world. That's not the language of uh, of the Word of God. And there are those who uh, make a mockery and they talk about the uh, the the three the three story universe and uh, they they think that's very funny and so they they make a mockery they attempt to to mock God yeah uh, Paul will be not deceived or God is not mocked for whatsoever a man soweth that shall he also reap he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption and he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life and peace. And man, I'm telling you, the, the dichotomy and the separation of that today is so real. It is so perverse out here. It is so wicked. It is so malignant. Uh, and the thing that I, I noticed about the unsaved and about people uh, who are mired in corruption is that they have no discernment to understand the nature of the times. It's gone. And God indeed has given them a reprobate mind uh, or a mind void of results uh, or a mind that is ineffective. God judges their mentality. And when I hear these people speak and listen to them speak, they are so convinced of the, 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 the rectitude and the rightness of their perversities. It is marvelous to behold. Uh, the anthropology of corruption and destruction. It is also very, very sad. 
verse 5. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place somewhere someone, where someone has testified, what is man that you are mindful of him? The son of man that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor and put everything under his feet. And so in verse 7, you have encapsulated for us uh, the, uh, the, the significance of the incarnation. I notice uh, you made him a little lower. And, uh, and, and it doesn't mean uh, a negation or of the divine essence of who he was as God. He is talking about uh, a, a, a temporary status uh, with regard uh, to position. That's all. And there, and so this has nothing to do, once again, with the divine essence. But the writer emphasizes the lofty, uh, the, the loftiness of the angels and their lofty rank. And so we get some understanding of of angels when we read the Old Testament and we read the New Testament, particularly in the book of Revelation. So, uh, and every instance uh, with reference to uh, angels are always in uh, uh, the masculine gender. And so we will never read a, the Greek feminine like angelia is always angelos or angelos with reference to the angels. These are very powerful spirit beings. Now, um, nowhere in the Bible does it state that angels have wings. Nowhere in the Bible do we read that. So, now, there are different orders of, of spirit beings. We have the cherubim, the I am, uh, in Hebrew signifies plurality. Uh, we have the cherubim. Uh, we have the seraphim, or the uh, the seraphs. The, uh, the word literally means, means burners. Uh, in the book of Daniel, we have uh, a group of beings called the watchers. And so, and so we we have angels. And so there are different types of spirit beings uh, who are all in the service of God. So, but Jesus, uh, verse 9, but we see Jesus was made a little more than the angels and uh, now crowned with glory and honor. So we see in verse 7, he says it, and in verse 9, he restates it. In verse 9, let me read it again, but we see Jesus who was made a little more than the angels now crowned, so why? Because of his finished work. Hebrews 1 talks about the finished work of Jesus. When he had completed uh, his salvation work, uh, then he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. You uh, read that in Hebrews chapter 1. So, uh, he, uh, let's see, and, and so in verse 9, uh, I want to you to pay close attention to what the writer says here. Now, uh, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. 
pathema in Hebrew. He suffered death. Uh, and the, the ma suffix indicates that which is done, pathema, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. Now, uh, in the Greek, that word taste, death, that word taste is literally the word eat. So that by the grace of God, he might eat death for everyone. That's the emphasis in the Greek. Taste death to modern ears does not communicate, uh, to uh, to modern ears does not communicate what the scriptures wish to communicate. And this is this is an amazing verse, and it is well worth pondering that he might eat death for everyone. In bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the awful of their salvation perfect through suffering. That should read complete through suffering. Both the one who makes men holy, I love the language, and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. He says, that is Jesus, I will declare your name, that is speaking in the name of the Father, to my brothers. In the presence of the congregation, I will sing your praises. I love these verses because I can't wait to hear my, I, I can't wait to see them. John writes that we will be transformed so that we shall be like him. We shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And we will hear him sing. He will preach and he will sing. I will declare your name to my brothers. In the presence of the congregation, I will sing your praises. There will be no negativism. There will be no night there. There will be no disease. There will be no political party. There will be no political factions. There will be no, no, the presence of, of bestial, uh, uh, horrific lies. And there will be, we will be out of the presence of, of those who, who wantonly practice sin. And that will all be gone. And so this is my hope. My hope is the resurrection. My hope is the snatching out of the church. So right now, you and I live between the already, that is what has been done on our behalf, and the not yet. So this is where we exist. And so the angels, uh, you know, are the servants of Jesus. This is now, I'm back in Hebrews 1, Hebrews 1, 4. 
So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you? Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. Now, there's a particular cult that has abused this word firstborn. They have abused it and created a false false and incredulous Christology around this word firstborn. Now, in the word of God, uh, this word firstborn in the Greek means primacy. It does not mean first in the order of. It means primacy. And so to build uh, words in uh, that are not, uh, you know, to build a meaning into this word uh, that is alien to the scripture, well, that's false doctrine, that's false teaching. And the Bible tells us that we are accountable to God uh, for <clears throat> for how we handle the word. And uh, Paul writes that God is going to uh, deal with those who handle the word of God uh, in a corrupt manner. So uh, this is uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 2 verse uh, chapter 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1 uh, quote, therefore since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather we have renounced secret and shameful ways. Amen. Isn't that? We, look, when this is real uh, for you, and when God is real for you, yes. He said, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And see, look, there, there are people who know this. And they don't like your witness. They don't like your testimony uh, because they know they cannot lay anything to your account. They know. And because if they could, they would. But on the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. We know that what we do... uh, Thou God, thou God seeth me. Thou God seeth me. So uh, we give up uh, the foolishness because of what the gospel means. Who, who needs that stuff? Now I'm back in Hebrews 1. Um, chapter 1, verse 6. And again, when God brings his, fourth, uh, his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. Now, These words are very important for us. Let all God's angels. Why 
would the writer uh, use this language in, uh, in this manner? Well, there are fallen angels. And so he writes, let all God's angels. He is speaking about the angels that did not leave God. There were angels, uh, the fallen angels that followed Lucifer, uh, the son of the morning, the anointed cherub that covereth. Uh, he left God. And we read that one-third of the angels. We don't know how many angels there are. Uh, the writer to the Hebrews talks about an innumerable company. Uh, and so we don't know. But uh, so let all God's angels worship him. Uh, the fallen angels do not worship the Son of God. We see the perversity uh, of, uh, of the devil uh, in wanting the, the Son of God, the incarnate, the incarnate Christ, to bow before him. Uh, and that is to touch his forehead to the ground uh, in, in worship of him. And so that is, that is criminal, criminal language, uh, asking the, this, uh, you know, speaking to the word of, uh, speaking to the incarnate son of God to uh, perform a criminal act. And what happened in Genesis 3 on the part of the woman uh, in, in her rebellion Oh, it was a criminal act against the known will of God. It was rebellion against the known will of God. And the man of the Adam, he willingly followed uh, in this vicious uh, rebellion. And uh, God said, thine thou shalt die. And so over time, and, and God provided salvation for them, uh, in Genesis 3, we have, the, uh, we have what is called in hermeneutics the first mention principle. That is the first mention of the gospel, the proto-evangelicum. So in verse 7, the Hebrews 1, 7, in speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels win, his servants flames of fire. But about the sun, he says, your throne of God, O God, will last forever and ever. Now, so here's another repudiation of that particular cult that wants to deny uh, the, the soul sonship uh, of Jesus Christ, and they want to call him a God, uh, a small g-o-d. He is a God in their theology. But notice the language. And so they also deny uh, the Trinity. And so Father, Son, and, and Holy Spirit, they, they deny the, the Holy Trinity. Um, so your throne, O oh God, is, uh, will last forever and ever. Here, the writer to the Hebrews says that Jesus is God. About the Son, he says. About the he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever, and righteousness 
will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteous and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Uh, Jesus was made a little lower than the angels for the work of redemption. But then he was exalted to glory and honor uh, because of his finished work. And so in Hebrews uh, chapter 2, beginning in verse 3, the writer talks about our so great salvation. Now, it is up to us to inculcate doctrine, to study doctrine, uh, to ingest doctrine uh, so that in these evil days we can live lives that are well-pleasing to God. So I want to continue this particular on angelology, God willing, this Sunday. And I know it's been a minute, but uh, please, please pray for this ministry. Uh, so that I can continue on teaching the word. We are involved in meetings right now, uh, which has been demanding my time and energy. So good night and God bless you.